0: to find the, uh, the organism it's a very good lesson to, uh, good lessons. that if you know what you're hunting for it's been pointed out a few little hints then all of a sudden something that you couldn't see before becomes very apparent we were seeing before of the species was not actually was wrong. Now, uh, pretty good idea of what what it is. So it's quite interesting. In the same way, in teaching uh, dharma, if uh, if you don't know what you're looking for, you don't have a path, and you don't have the right hints. Uh, you can think you've got it, but uh, you may be very far from it. In fact, so uh, taxonomy. Is actually very important to be able to uh, have just a few hints and to say it's possible and nowhere to look because it may be a real needle in a haystack in life. So let's, um, let's say some mantras, some mantras uh, merging uh, the body, speech, and mind of the uh, Buddha nature. And this morning, uh, because a very, very dear friend who uh, had an accident and other beings that are very sick, let's do some prayers for them. We can say the mantra... Medicine Buddha, or if you know, if you don't know that, a mantra of uh, Green Tara.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: remove the fear of uh, illness and fear of uh, uh, body, attachment, to, uh, not the fear of attachment to body, but uh, the attachment of the body which causes fear, which is very powerful. And uh, Very interesting that when one is in um, extreme pain, extreme um, potential hazard to one's body, one gets to see how much uh, the uh, self-clinging comes up.
1: Something. Only then. Hmm? a <laughs> movie. Excellent,
0: excellent. Let us continue to probe the depths of this text. Do you have any questions to begin with? All is quiet. All is clear. I always take—I always take that as being everything's absolutely clear. <laughs> the teaching is clear, absolutely understood. You've uh, done all your homework. That means your meditative work, and you've now uh, fully plumbed the depths of generosity in a transcendent manner. We are. Perfection of Moral Ethics which called in, in Pali Sila The summary reflection on the faults and virtues definition, classification, characteristics of each classification increase perfection and results these seven comprise the perfection of moral ethics Interesting Ethics, moral ethics. Do we need the word moral ethics in there or do we need just ethics? We often just say ethics. Why moral ethics? Why not just say ethics? Why not just say morality? I'm going to have to turn, maybe remind me this evening, we can look it up in the Oxford English Dictionary, look at some of the subtleties of, of, of why that. Why this, why that. You see, when, when something is translated, especially into, in, into English, our, uh, our language of some of us, and not necessarily translated to Spanish, it might be a Spanish translation, but remember, always remembering that the translation uh, uh, changes our meaning and our feel of what's being translated depending uh, probably every 20 years, every generation, every 20 years, every 30 years, the feel of the words change. So one, in some ways, needs to sometimes update translations because the word liberality doesn't necessarily have the same connotation as used by Gunther, uh, which, which was, this was written in the 1960s or 70s. Uh, he may, he might, uh, 1958, uh, he may go, if he was looking at this, he may go, hmm, liberality. Well, uh, yeah, that made sense in the ni- late 1950s, early 60s. but But today, doesn't have the same connotation. make sense? Perfection of ethics and manners. Perfection of ethics and manners. I, think I don't have I just use two texts. and the, uh, the transcendent virtue of right conduct. Three different translations. All have a different flavor, yes? All come from the same word, sila. All, no difference in the word, sila, sila. It's great to have two, three different texts. Reflection on faults and virtues, even though you may have the practice of generosity, and even though you may have the practice down of generosity. Yes, down? Got it down. I can really give now. You will not achieve the perfect body of gods and human beings, let alone uh, Buddhahood, if you do not have moral ethics or right conduct. Engaging in the middle way says, even if one achieves wealth through generosity, the beings who break his leg of moral ethics will fall to the lower realms. This is is very important. Ethics. Without the practice of moral ethics or manners, manners, ethics and manners, or conduct, good conduct, uh, you will not meet the Dharma teachings. The Possessing Moral Ethics Sutra says, quote, For example, a person without sight cannot see forms. Likewise, a person without moral ethics will not see the Dharma teachings. It is very true. Very, very true. Without um, Well, if you have very poor moral ethics and you are able to study Dharma, that means you've got a real storehouse of of good uh, karma somewhere. Otherwise, not possible. Mind is way too rough, just way too busy, busy, rough and disturbed uh, to be able to study Dharma. Again, without moral ethics, you, will, you cannot be freed from the three worlds of samsara. That means you'll always be traversing around in the different uh, planes of existence, looking for happiness. The same sutra mentions, quote, for example, a person without feet cannot Well, wa- I love these wonderful old expressions, yes? Uh, you know, the broken leg. Uh, a person without feet cannot walk a road. Well, today they can. You know that, right? Today, with people without feet, can, they can actually uh, compete in the Olympics. Isn't that something? It's amazing, eh? And go very fast. Likewise, a person without moral ethics cannot be liberated. We need a new... We need a new um. How about a person without a head cannot walk? Would that, would that today in today's world? Because you could have no legs. With no feet, no legs, you can walk. Uh, okay, it's hard without a torso, isn't it? But maybe if we just go you know, 30 or 40 years ahead, a person without a head... How's that? Is, that? is that a person there? A person without a head cannot cannot walk. You need to update this a little bit. Prosthetics were not so advanced in those days. Again, without moral ethics, you are missing the path of enlightenment and so on, and so uh, will not achieve the unsurpassable enlightenment. On the other hand, you you will achieve the perfect body when you have moral ethics. The Condensed Perfection of Wisdom Sutra says, quote, Through moral ethics, one will avoid the rebirth of animals and so forth, the eight unfavorable conditions, and will always find leisure. Leisure time. If uh, the mind is uh, engaged in wholesome activities, then it has to maintain that. It's always defeating itself. It's always harming others and itself. So if you harm other people, then what do you have to do? Well, you have to defend yourself because they're going to harm you. Isn't that right? You never know when, if you harm others, they're going to seek revenge, or they'll take something away from you, or they'll think nothing of beating you up. So it takes a lot of energy to be in a such a state where you have very lack of manners, lack of courtesy, and uh, lack of, um, of ethics. You never know when you might get... Um, killed or beaten or robbed or um, someone cheats you because you've been cheating them. Does that make, make sense? So mind is very disturbed because of this. It can't settle and can't relax. So that's what they mean by leisure time. You, you won't have time to relax. You're always vigilant. You're always either defending what you've, you've ill-gotten, yeah? maybe alarm systems all over your house, uh, dogs, uh, guards, Uh, suite of accountants, you know, all kinds of things to maintain something that you've got or you've done or you wish to do and then the mind is disturbed. So then when you come to a meditation retreat, what are you thinking about? Disturbances. So I think you probably know that if you do something in the day even here, even here, and it's disturbing to yourself or others. Does it ever come up in meditation during the day? Yes, it does, is not it? And it causes waves and ripples in the day. And you keep trying to settle it down, and it keeps popping up. You keep settling it down, it keeps popping up. Keeps settling it down, popping up. This is it. When you have moral ethics, you can establish the foundation of all goodness and happiness. The letter to a friend says, quote, Just as the ground is the basis for motion and stillness, Beautiful, isn't it? Just as the ground is the basis for motion and stillness, so moral ethics is the basis of all the excellent qualities. When you have moral ethics, it's like fertilized ground. On that basis, all the crops of good qualities will grow. Engaging the Middle Way says, quote, when all the good qualities increase in the field of moral ethics, one can enjoy the result without ceasing. So that'd be like, that would be like growing crops, growing uh, plants, and you keep poisoning them. Or as we were, we were talking about when we were planting the seedlings in the three rows, you plant them on one side, but it's very easy to sit on the seedlings you just planted because it's so, it's so close in there. It's like being in a little chicken coop. So you're, you're planting them. All you have to do is just move and you squash the plants that you just killed the plants that you just put in the day before, yes? That's all it takes. Or just move your arm or swing your foot and wipe them all out. Correct? Yes. So that would be like uh, generating spiritual practices and then you do something and you sit on it and it squash it. Or you buy these beautiful plants and you don't give them good soil. It was so funny. I, t- I tell you, this was just great. I guess Janice, bless her heart, didn't think I knew anything about gardening. But she she looked at the garden before we put any soil in. You know, it was like like a swimming pool, just rock, empty rock pond. And I she was we were having a tour of the garden, and and uh, of course, you know, Janice is really very very good in gardening. And I say, oh, I've got some bok choy, and I've got some cauliflower, and I put them in. And she looks at me. She was trying to be very polite. She goes. Are you gonna put it in that? <laughs> she says you're maybe a little conditioning, a little, little something. <laughs> this is no solid rock, right? Solid <laughs> rocks, scraped right down bare, right? Solid rocks. You're gonna maybe think about uh, a little uh, something, you know, on the tire. She's yeah, dirt. She's, she's just being very polite. It's so funny. Uh, I said, don't jazz. We're gonna actually put some soil in there. Oh, okay, good, good. It's like, like, never a garden, right? Never a garden. Because it's empty rock. I said, I'm going to put the bok choy in here. You are? Can I tell you about, like, something called soil? (laughs) It was really really a very funny moment. I had a great laugh. That would be like uh, uh, launching a spacecraft without the rocket underneath it. We've got a really great spacecraft here. We're going we're gonna to launch the satellite into outer space. Very good, very good. Um, ever heard of rockets? <laughs> so, like fertilized ground. And, and if you're going to put fertilizer in, uh, even then, with fertilizer, you can put a lot of fertilizer on your plants and kill them. So the right fertilizer at the right time. When you have moral ethics, you will reach the diverse doors to the meditative concentrations. The Moon Lamp Sutra says one will quickly achieve an afflicted meditative concentration. This is the beneficial effect of pure moral ethics. This is very, very true. The um, When you 've really uh, stabilized, if you wish, or um, um, don't have disturbances in, in your ethical base, uh, you will definitely find that your meditative uh, concentration gets better and better and better. And most people say, well I don 't do anything bad actually uh, it's not that you do anything bad it's that it's the disturbances that you don 't see it's the um, statements to yourself, which is actually. Poor ethics. It's the things you don't do. It's the h- little harms because most of you, most of you are you're, you're, well, all of you are not bad beings. But it's the disturbing waves of uh, little activities, little things that have mounted uh, in a life that are still there, that are now still disturbing the organism because they're actually lo- they're actually not locked, but they're actually embedded uh, in the in the breathing tubes. In the subtle energy body, yeah? the anxieties all stored in the heart area that one doesn't know about just goes off mentally. You go off mentally, but actually, they're locked in here, locked in the belly, locked in the throat, locked in the crown, locked in the genitals, and then it uh, away you go. So you sit down, away you go. Sit down, away you go. Stand up, away you go. Why? Because all that, mo- all those moments which those moments go to days and so on, they get stored in there. Uh, when they get built up in terms of little incorrect, little things that aren't right, they get stored in there, and then as soon as one breathes and so on, they bump around, and they don't, they don't flow. So when the, when the mind uh, goes to be still, it's turbulent. Or it stills, and then turbulent. Then it stills, and turbulent. Stills, and turbulent. So this is something to recognize. You're not a bad person because I don't see any major bank robbers, um, illegal money traders, arms dealers, slave lords. I, 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 don't, I don't see that here. So, uh, but, but, but even then, so too, just a little bit um, built up in life causes um, a discord in the, uh, in the breath which then the mind doesn't settle. One will quickly achieve unafflicted mental concentration. This is the beneficial effect of pure moral ethics. That means there's nothing, basically, you're not, sto- I'm just, you know, I just. these things come along again and again. Just, you're not storing up ruffled waves in your system that now when you go to settle, they just keep coming up. Yeah? So even if you're, you're quite a good being, quite a good being, but you have stories running or you have a very picky mind, or you have a supercritical mind, or various ways of doing it, and actually it's not quite proper speech. Do you know what I mean? Not quite proper. That prints itself out. In another way of putting this, the weaker your paramius, is, the more defeated... Uh, even slight unethical behavior. If you have very strong parami, it's not affected so badly. Still shouldn't engage. When you have moral ethics, you will accomplish everything for which you have said aspiration prayers. The meeting of Father and Son Sutra says, for one who keeps pure moral ethics all aspiration prayers will be accomplished. That basically means that what you aspire to uh, will come about, may not come about tomorrow, uh, may take a while, but will come about. Uh, may not even come about the way you think it should come about, but comes about. Uh, so if if things don't come about for you, uh, look at what you're, you have done or doing in life, and maybe uh, it's interfering. Isn't it? interfering. Don't, don't take this like a morality play. Take it like, what's ruffling the nervous system? What's causing the nervous system to be disjointed and taking off course? So every time you go to do something, you actually end up in a different direction because of that, that, that unethical conditioning. Easy. So when you're talking to people that really aren't too unethical, it gets a bit more subtle. Yeah you're not tr- producing tremendously big waves, you're producing enough waves now when you get subtle about your spiritual life, very subtle, subtle, subtle uh, you don't know why, why is it not going right so generosity may not be uh, well developed and uh, moral uh, ethics may not be well developed yes um, and would come, self-referencing
2: would come under unethical
0: too. all about self-referencing why did I do that to them? Why did they do that to me? Uh, I did that for them, but don't they realize how good it was for them? Uh, why do they keep causing me harm? I didn't do them that much harm. <laughs> I only did them a little bit of harm, but, but how come they're doing me much more harm than I did to them? Yeah, it, it, This kind of thing. So, um, for of, it's hard to see that. Yes? you see that?
2: But also in terms of you put yourself first.
0: Yes. That's sort of an unethical Yes. Want to take it. Yes. Put yourself yeah. first. You'll see that the, in as we go further in this. The more that you more that you uh, see your being as a radiant uh, field of uh, empty compassion emptiness compassion uh, then less um, Unethical behavior. We don't have to, because your activities are for the unfolding of beings, or creating spaces for beings. It's good. It just doesn't allow that kind of self-referencing in. It's important. That's why I say to people, you know, you're, you're gonna you, you, to awaken. You 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 can't keep your neuroses. Huh. <laughs> you can't you can 't ha you can 't have your patterns and awaken too uh, you have to let your patterns dissolve and, and change and i 'm not going to uh, i don't i don 't always do this sometimes I do but i don 't go around prescribing exactly all those changes you also have to find out what those changes are in your life to make those life changes sometimes i 'll help you um, but you have to find it and go um, what what can I do?" to change the way in which uh, I unfold life. Yeah? I unfold life. It may be not unethical, as we'd say in our society, but it may be so much self-referencing, in fact, it's a mound of unethical behavior. One good sign in meditation... Really good sign of meditation, especially insight. Which just happen, anyways, is you get sick of self-referencing. Some of you reach that sick, absolutely sick, vomitous, nauseous, of self-referencing. Go puke. <laughs> the diarrhea of self-referencing. I mean, yeah, it's visceral. Just nothing but self-referencing, self-referencing, self-referencing. And the only way to see how big it is, is go into retreat. You're not going to be able you're not normally going to do it in daily life. It's rare. But come into retreat, give yourself three days, four days, and you'll see it. if you don't see it, well, it might take longer, but just self, 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 self. So how do you turn it? Start doing a lot of things for other beings. A lot of things for other beings. Lots, lots, lots. Go support beings. Come out of yourself. Do things for people. When you have moral ethics, it is easy to establish enlightenment. The same sutra says, quote, pure moral ethics bear great beneficial effects. Because of that, it is not difficult to establish enlightenment. And so forth. There are many great qualities. of possessing moral ethics sutra says, one who has moral ethics will meet the Buddha when he appears. One who has moral ethics uh, has the supreme ornament of all. One who has moral ethics is the source of all joy. One who keeps moral ethics is praised by the whole world, and so forth. So it's a, it's a marvelous thing. I'm not sure, you, you could tell me, I'm, I'm, just a, I'm a little kind of hick who lives on North Galliano Island, you know, just just up here. So I, I get, I'm not quite in touch with, I don't mean it, in touch with a sort of modern world things so much, really, oddly enough. Maybe some modern world news, but are we living in a society today that really doesn't consider that moral ethics are that important? It's kind of like, Mm -hmm. it's okay we go lip service to it, but we really don't care. Is this correct? I think it's much lip service. It's lip service. But I don't don't think really many people care about moral ethics that much. Maybe, Maybe some pockets on Galliano Island? When they're nice... But to each other, but in this society today, let's say North America, would you say there's much banner raising about the I'm not talking about religious moral ethics, just uh what's called intrinsic manners and fairness as taught especially as taught to kids, children? I don't know, is it no? so. it's all about self it's very very disturbed very very disturbed which means ah, ha, ha you're going to have an epidemic of what? anxiety what's anxiety about? you can say we can give you all kinds of reasons for brain stuff and you know all this but what's, what's anxiety about? worry about yourself worry about yourself exactly you can now that is so Just worry about yourself is anxiety. Two, definition. The definition of moral ethics has four qualities. The Bodhisattva Bhumi says, quote, one should understand the definition of moral ethics has four qualities. What are these four? Taking precepts perfectly from others, having pure motivation, renewing one's practice if it declines, and having mindfulness and respect so that one's practice will not decline. That's four. So, precepts, perfectly, pure motivation, renewing one's practice if it declines, and having mindfulness and respect so one's practice will not decline.
2: One um, The taking the precepts from others? Of
0: others? From others? From others? Yes. Yeah, it, it, what they mean by that is taking precepts from from other uh, a being who's qualified. So that, for instance, that may mean, uh, for instance, if you were monastic every month, or renewing the precepts, or weekly renewing the precepts from a tanka or with a community, or uh, um, receiving formally the precepts. So you take them on from uh, others means means uh, spiritual spiritual guide. Well, you don't, you don't mean it taking away people's precepts? No, I... Just, just joking. Don't think it means that. Actively removing people's precepts. This is not a good behavior. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what it means. Abbreviated, these four qualities come under the categories of receiving and protecting. Beautiful, eh? Non-harm, receiving, non-harm, and protecting beings through non-harm. In the above quotation, receiving is the first quality, protecting is the last three. Three, classification, moral ethics... Well, let's let's go back to that. In the above quotation, receiving is the first quality, which is you receive the precepts, and then that allows you to protect your own being as well as other beings. So, normally the way it works is one takes precepts to safeguard harm of one's own self. If I don't do harm to others then I won't get hurt. It's all about anxiety, right? If I, if I maintain good ethical behavior, then I won't hurt anybody else, and then they won't hurt me. And I have less chance of hurting myself. What happens with the bodhisattva? The precepts are about uh, lessening the harm am- among other beings, hurting them. Less fear about yourself. Did you see how it works? That's the progression progression is, first of all, you take the precepts for you. Eventually, you take the precepts for who? All beings. All beings. All beings. All beings. beings. So they can safeguard themselves. Classification. Moral ethics has three classifications. Uh, Moral ethics of restraint, moral accumulation of virtuous dharma, and see morality of benefiting sentient beings. Uh, and actually, it's really good to look at, at, at these three different translations, if you wish. Um, uh, right conduct is excellent. I would say, I would say, not just right, but full-on conduct. What? And you can always ask yourself: This is good, good, good um, practice for the next couple of days, as a meditation while you're here, to up the up the quality of it is. Is instead of saying morality, say, is this the complete good conduct? Is this the smooth conduct? Is this the most refined, mannerful conduct that I could do in this situation, for others and myself? Does it make sense? And just ask yourself that. So, so a way of reflecting on this is instead of going, am I a do-gooder? Or am I uh, morally correct? It's just say, is this the best conduct for this given situation? And then it's all about non-harm. How do I support, how do I engender, how do I cultivate, how do I fertilize non-harm, smoothing, smoothing, growing. Think of that. Think of growing beings. Think of growing yourself. Here's a, here's a possibility. Put the, try this. If I do this, if I do this action, will it actually cultivate uh, further wholesome activities? Where, where's the cultivation going? Like, like putting seedlings or putting uh, little plants, baby plants in the soil, do they stand a chance? That would be the intention. It's the intention, it. but actually studying it and going in, in a good—not—not not so much, but studying it, and going. Will this actually lead? Lead, not my my intention. Will this? Will this lead to flowering? So
2: it's more discernment.
0: Discernment. Discernment. Does it have any? Does it have a non-harmful fact, and is it for the good? Is it for the good? Is it for the good? And sometimes when you do something and it doesn't feel right, try to find out why, without doing a whole self-immolation knife in the heart number, but go, why? What went down that's not right? Why does it feel right? Why doesn't it feel right? Where does it feel not right? My speech. My action. When does it it feel right? Now you see the difficulty is the organism may not be even tuned to differentiate what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And then it's messed up. I feel great. You do? Yeah, I feel great about that. It's Okay. More tuning. You see? The organism can't read properly. It can't even read. So, in
2: that, in that case, um, the, or the being would be just, with, if there's not the sensibility or the tuning, just doing the right, following the ethics or moral, morality. With, if you don't know it with your body, if you don't know if it's right or wrong, just doing it in order to go that
0: way or to start that? Or uh, what yeah. would you recommend? W- what I recommend, and this is what I recommend, you see, normally the way I teach to some degree is natural manners based on clear awareness and mindfulness and figuring it out. But you see, for many beings who don't, do not have the sensitivity to read it, read it, read the book, the book, Then you create rules. Policy. The college where I worked in the Arctic, our policy manual is that thick. I was on the policy committee. Uh Uh-oh. You know what someone did yesterday? Great. We've got to write a new policy. Uh Uh-oh. I can't believe... Can you believe they did it? Yeah, they're going to court. Policy. Policy 3-05. That's how it happens. So, precepts. Precepts, guidelines, rules. You you do not, um, uh, in this house or in this place, you do not um, mix uh, the meat with the vegetables and the compost, something like that, right? Rules. If they understood, they wouldn't do it. This is the kind of thing, right? So because people don't understand, you then make a rule. Uh, do not put out... Such and such, like this, we always serve these people first. Or how about this? We serve the lama or the roshi first before the students. Why? Oh, really? Right. So that becomes a rule. You have to tell people when you serve. The food goes to the ach- achan or the the roshi or the lama uh, first. Okay. Because there's not the sensitivity to know, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense, it doesn't feel right. Okay. We take off our shoes uh, in the house. Well, why? There's a rule. I mean, a couple of years ago I had to make a rule. All shoes off in the house. Couldn't get it. Please walk softly. Well, no? All shoes off in the house. Who wants to make all these rules? Yes. But but when the sensitivity isn't there, yeah. And you don't know why, and you can't feel it, then you make rules. And you make more rules. You make more rules. You make more rules. I prefer not to. I'm the other way. Less rules, and and find out why, when it goes like this. because memorizing all those rules takes a long time all that time memorizing when you could be developing your sensitivity you go this doesn't feel right this, this doesn't
2: in a way, developing the sensitivity in areas where your interest is or yes,
0: your interest is and if you're, if you're serving others where your interest is not just being interested to develop sensitivity and brightness compassion, aliveness, love Uh, will bring you to natural moral ethics. The study of love, the study of what is actually kind, will bring you to study of what harms and what is appropriate at that moment. Otherwise, the person becomes rule-bound. Tell me exactly what I should be doing. I've had employees like that, and some students like that. Tell me exactly what I should do. getting very upset. You tell me exactly what I should do. No, work it out. I don't know. You tell me. Not because I'm just being... But I'd ra- it saves me much more time instead of making a policy directive if you just figure it out and tell me. And if it's wrong, I'll, I'll let you know. You see, that's where the fear is. The fear is, I'll do something wrong. Is that right? I'll do something wrong, then I'll get scolded. Fear of being scolded. Fear of doing something wrong. Fear of being told off. Fear of bumping into obstacles like the llama, <laughs> or the llama's, or the llama's henchman, or the llama's henchwoman. Fear, 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 fear. Instead of going, so tell me, what what went wrong here? Oh, you're 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 an idiot, actually, and you're you're a jerk, or your your speech is wrong, or you said this, you know. So this is very important. We have to do this. We have to learn. We have to bump into walls so we can learn from bumping into walls. Sometimes we bloody ourselves. We need to pick ourselves up and we go, you know, uh, going headlong into a wall at uh, 20 kilometers an hour uh, doesn't feel very good for the wall ourselves. I put the wall first. Okay. So we need to do that. We need to do that. Otherwise, it's all rules. My spiritual life is completely made up of rules. Isn't that comfortable for some people? absolutely comfortable. It's all rules. But it doesn't clear up what's going in the mind, necessarily. It's not not necessarily mind training. Mind training is what? Mindfulness, love and kindness, compassion, vividness, clarity, and essential instructions of mind. That is the way one becomes enlightened. So what do we have in the teaching? Five precepts, they're training precepts that you should understand the basis of. So, for instance, when I was given given monastic uh, uh, novice ordination by Namjur Rinpoche, his uh, instructions were, you will not practice these as rules, you'll practice these because you understand them. In other words, practice them, learn them, study the winya, study the origin of these, But get to know their essence. Get to know why they were ever made. The case. That's five plus three. uh, Sorry, five plus five is ten. As a as a novice uh, monk, you see. So instead of going around, oh yeah, I can't do that. Oh no, I can't do that. Oh, I can't do that. You have to find out why. Why is it there? Why does it make sense? Make sense? Yeah. That was complete directive in ordination. You will not you really told me. You will not well, didn't have to didn't have to be concerned about me doing that. That was that was that was fine. But the direction was study, learn why they were actually put in place. Not as rule and ritual. It's about taking
2: responsibility for yourself? If you just taking
0: responsibility for everybody. For everything. Everything. For everything.
2: everything. Because if you just
0: That's right. Now, when, when, you're, when you're a monastic, I'm giving it by tradition. When you're a monastic, you're supposed to spend at least five years with your preceptor. Okay? Five years with your monastic preceptor before they let you on your own. Why? Because you're supposed to receive, whether it's three years or so on, you're supposed to receive the entire body of teaching of Vinaya, 256 or or 300 and some odd rules for a nun, uh, uh, precepts for a nun. You're supposed to receive the history, the reasons, the training, and the teaching behind it. It's supposed to. It's supposed to. And in three years or five years, then one is ready to be allowed to uh, go forth by themselves. What does that say about the being? It says that, that traditionally uh, it takes three to five years to become moral at a high level. You know what I mean? It takes three to five years to be trained into a high degree of moral behavior the sophisticated and highly aware. That's what the number is. And we think, well, I'll just read some stuff, and I got it. No, it's very, very easy due to pre-existing uh, karmic patterns, and conditioning pat, and and supporting circumstances, to lose it, to just lose it. It's very, very easy.
2: Mm-hmm. So we do need someone talking some of the ethics around, um, I'm thinking, for example, the teacher. There's some things the teacher stands up. When do you stand up? There's some of that good training too. That, you know?
0: This is training based on cultures. So, uh, I, me, this being, at this moment in time, and has for some time would like not to fall not to push people or force people into a certain cultural mode. I'd prefer the natural politeness and uh, manners to come through. That's my tradition I come from, and I don't force a particular, uh, certain cultural tradition on students unless I feel that they need it. And even if they need it, I still want them to arrive at it. Do you know what I mean? In a natural way, by one day they go, what have I been doing? But not in an embarrassing way. just go, the penny drops. Instead of, here are, if you're going to come study with me, here are 25,000 rules I'm embellishing, <laughs> of course, right? Just to make it fun. But here are, here are 20 different things you do around the llama. Here's And here's the guidebook. Uh, Raphael, uh, Nicole, uh, Monica, could you give out the guidebook, please, the policy manual? And uh, then you can be around the llama. No, it's not our tradition. Tradition is, do you get it or not? And if you don't get it, you're going to start, and do you have the sensitivity to feel it? Feel it doesn't, this isn't, this isn't right. I'd rather someone have uh, good heart manners than uh, doing three prostrations to this being because they're trying to do a number. Do you, do you know what I mean? Or, or a standing up, sitting down. If someone's sitting down everybody's standing up, well, let them stew in that because you know that they're, they're just in a ball of resistance and they're just in a ball of self-referencing. I don't, I'm, I'm not standing up. I'm up. I don't stand up for anybody let, let let them let them go through that maybe for two or three years let let them go through that uh, for some others stand up come on get your act together okay everybody's different, everybody's different. some people need it Others, let them take their time. Let them take their time and settle in and let the the ego clinging or whatever it is around that, whatever issue, let it dissolve. So what it takes a month? Patience. I'm actually fairly good that way. Let it just take its natural course. I also believe in um, self-hanging. You know what? Just let, them, let, let people hang themselves. Because uh, when they're really str- struggling and hanging and dangling, that's when they sometimes get it. Whereas if the teacher just says, such and such. They go, oh yeah, well, I have to follow a rule. But if you really, if you hang yourself, you know, and you're really struggling for breath, you change. Yeah, that's good. And that metaphor. <laughs> it's like your, your feet cut off. Maybe. Ah, restraint. There we go. Two topics describe the morality. Oh, here we go. First means restrain your mind in a proper place. The second one means to mature the dharma qualities in your mind. The third one means to fully mature sentiments. That's a beautiful paragraph. That's just a beautiful paragraph, which which would be worth studying again and again and again. Restraining your mind in a proper place, maturing the dharma qualities of your mind, and fully mature sentiments. There's nothing else to do. That's the entire book. It's finished. It's done. Nothing else to do. If you got that, there's nothing else to do. I'm serious. I, I'm not, not joking. That's it. It's completely it. Four characteristics of each classification A moral ethics of restraint. Two topics to describe morality of restraint common and uncommon. The common moral restraint. First, the common one refers to seven types of prati-moksha vows so this has been we've gone into this extensively yes the pratimoksha moksha vows and it lists the pr- pratimoksha moksha vows of seven these are divided to lay persons and those renounced usually lay persons and those that are uh, we'd say monastic they all restrain one from harming others so this is the key all the pratimoksha vows of the precepts whether they're, they're full monk novice monk or lay are to do what? Stop causing harm to oneself or others. In the Bodhisattva training, harm to other beings. In the in the uh, Hinayana training, harm to oneself. Why? Because you can't you cannot decrease the harm to others unless you decrease the harm to yourself. You, don't know it. you have not a clue. So you keep harming, but you don't know where it comes from. So it has to be settled in your first. So in other words if you don't stop having war inside you can't stop having war outside there's no way you can go and you can protest and you can burn buildings down right? you can smash windows all kinds of protests uh, about war but unless you settle the war on yourself you're displaying war They all restrain one from harming others. The Pratimoksha vows provide restraint only for one's own benefit. There it is there. And this is this is a reference to the Hinayana tradition of you take the you take the precepts for what? For me. Not for you. But you take precepts for yourself. Why? Because you're not feeling good about yourself. You know you're not enlightened you don't like what you're doing, so you take, the va- you take these precepts to do what? To straighten yourself out. I won't harm myself anymore. But the last thing on your mind is other people. But bodhisattvas restrain themselves for others' benefit. The Narayana requested sutra says, quote, one should not keep moral ethics to attain a kingdom not for higher realms, not for Indra or Brahma states, not for wealth, not for the Ishwara state, not for the body. Likewise, one should not protect moral ethics by fearing rebirth in the hell realms. Likewise, the birth of animals, nor should one protect moral ethics by fearing rebirth in the, lower, in the world of Yama. That's the, the hungry ghosts. On the other hand, one should keep moral ethics to establish sentient beings in Buddhahood. That's very high, you know. That's very high teaching. One should protect moral ethics to benefit and and bring happiness to all sentient beings. This is very high. This is a tremendous degree of non-clinging, compassionate uh, awareness to transform the precepts uh, and moral conduct into everything one does for the benefit of others' awakening, not just good, non-harm, Everything that one does is not about harm. It's about awakening. Why? 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 Why this point? Because short of of full liberation, one is doing harm. The delusion of not seeing this as an illusory construct, not seeing this as a play of the mind, is the worst harm you can do to yourself and others. Make sense? So, short of full liberation, one is still doing harm. But the Bodhisattva is clearing away harm not because harm this, harm this, harm this, harm this, which is all about self-community referencing, but is actually because any harm interferes with full Buddhahood. And what's the biggest harm? Delusion. 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 Including many of the things people feel are doing harm, they're illusion. They're not actually harming. They're simply the twists and turns of the mind. They're not harming at all. It's an apparent thought, harming an apparent person, harming an apparent construct, and an apparent fantasy. my goodness, those are abusive words, aren't they? To what? Apparent sounds landing on apparent ears, generating a construct based on previous mental associations and forming a fantasy world of harm. I'm not, condoning. I'm not condoning harsh words. I'm not actually condoning verbal abuse. But, do you see? The verbal words don't do any harm. Only a mind that takes it as reality is harmed. So, 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 next time that you feel you harm someone or someone says, you know, your words harm me. Nod your head like this, and out of compassion, go, "Mm mm-hmm, delusion. But have compassion and love for the being that feels, you hurt me because of your words. They hurt nothing. They hurt a story. They hurt a movie line, and they bumped into the movie uh, projector, or they inserted little other clips in the movie so the video is no longer the same. That's all. It, it, somehow those words got into the editing booth and they inserted different clips with different sounds and now it disturbs the movie story and the being's disturbed. You hurt me by your words. There's no you to be hurt, there's just a story that got disturbed. That's all. The story is disturbed. What harm did you do? Did you do? You did none. But that doesn't mean you should do it. Does it make sense? It doesn't mean it's right to do it, but actually you did no harm. There's nothing you harmed but their story. But should you do it? Absolutely not. It's unethical because you've actually disturbed their minds. And you may have prevented their good states. You may have interfered with that because they're weak. A strong being, you will not interfere with them. If it's a strong being, they'll just go, piss off. Quite frankly, piss off. Yeah, that's a nice thing for you to say. Uh, go away. Go away now. Right, yep, yep. Go, 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 go tell your story to somebody else. Go take the poison somewhere else use your fingers use your fingers <laughs> it's
2: only pain <laughs> it's only pain and there's a
0: method yes yes
2: yeah.
0: to lessen the pain oh, it's not it's a if you can we're going to construct if someone doesn't buy one but we're going to construct a little candle um, snuffer a light snuffer it's so, a little all you do is a little tiny cup and you go like this and it lessens the pain, but it also upholds the training. It's not a rule. And by the way, it's not going to stop you from enlightenment. But it's not a good idea in your mind stream to put out a flame, a, 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 a spiritual flame, with your breath. It's not a, not a good practice to do because it gets in there of just snuffing out uh, wisdom, light, and uh, various other things. So you want to... Um, Breathe, thing. You want to breathe the flame alive, not to uh, blow it out. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um, and rule number
2: thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you got it. Right. You write that down. Write that one down. Policy directive thirty-five. Yes. Yes.
2: So, so you said something to someone. I did? No, a being has said something okay. to someone. Yeah. That being's point of view, they haven't said anything unethical. But the other person, in their story, feels hurt. And,
0: and like your voice, like your voice does right now. Does it? Mm-hmm. So try it? another voice.
2: <laughs> put
0: another, put in another video vid- disc. Try a different voice, because that's a voice of utter utter hurt. Right. Try try another one. Just a video uh, X3257 <laughs> with a sat-different soundtrack. Try it. So when you can, when you can um, ask that question uh, without, the, without all the hurt because of the times you've felt hurt, uh, try it. Because all you're going to be doing is a- asking for an antidote. The supreme antidote is to see that there's no being that can be hurt, only stories. So remember, uh, I am not encouraging anybody to harm anybody's body, uh, anybody's stories, hmm? unless, like I just did, your story, because you're harming yourself. You mm-hmm. see? That's harm. As my dear beloved teacher said a number of times when he was accused of abuse in class, guess who's abusing who? Right? You're abusing yourselves, and yet you think that the teacher's abusing you. The, be- the teacher is acting out of compassion to cut out the, the mass of abuse, which is called delusion. And the biggest way to do that is to put the mirror of Shunyata. Uh, in front of people's faces. The mirror of Shunyata, not antidotes. So the greater the self clinging the greater we make ourselves a target. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, That's very wise. Now, there's a wise statement. It's lovely. You should trademark that. (laughs) Get that that copyrighted. It's true. The bigger you make a mountain of the self-referencing ego, the bigger it's going to fall. And it's going to get crushed, and get crushed again and, again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again, because the story is so big. You know, the monster's big. So it's a big target for what? Anything. Anything. Anything, blow it away. But then you get real strong types, right? Ever, ever meet really strong types? I've had the opportunity in my life to meet really strong, powerful people. Brittle. Their whole physique is brittle. Yeah? Ready to crumble. And yet, karmically, they can maintain that into you never know. You know? You're never sure. 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, maybe 80s. And then it crumbles. Crumbles. The face of a dying spouse, the child that passes away suddenly. Uh, uh, catching your child uh, being a a drug lord uh, from your basement, you know, sort of thing. I mean, I know these things, right? Oh, my God. Johnny was a major drug lord in the community, and he was living in our basement. He was so cute. (laughs) My son is so cute. My daughter. How could my daughter ever be, you know, running a prostitution ring or something, right? Right in our basement, this sort of thing. And then they crumble. Pfft. Whole world falls apart. Or whatever it is. Or I'm the richest person, you know, I'm the richest person on the block, and then it goes. Bomb. They're, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. they're gone. The more you invest in, in the ego story, the play of the ego, the greater it crumbles. Just smashes to bits. And then Humpty Dumpty's men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Of course, upon enlightenment, the Humpty Dumpty falls off a wall, and there's no interest in Humpty Dumpty's men putting Humpty Dumpty back together again because the bliss of nirvana is so supreme. That was a poem that came up one day for this. I must find it one day. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall All the king's horses and all his men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Marvelous. I remember the moment that happened. Oh, that's good. Ah, isn't that wonderful? Humpty Dumpty's men cannot put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Who the hell cares?
2: <laughs>
0: Quite frankly, let's leave it that way. That which falls, falls. That which breaks apart, leave it alone. It's broken, it's finished, done. Don't get Humpty Dumpty's men to put it back together again. Never put back together again, anyways. That way, just have glue lines. Who wants epoxy glue lines? <laughs> Very hard to put an, uh, a big egg <laughs> with a king's crown on top. You know, you know. I think, I think I know. I remember where it comes from. Yes, it's a, it's a king falling. It's a king. I think it's something like the king falling. Humpty Dumpty can't remember the story I have to look it up that's an interesting story I quite like that so yeah Humpty Dumpty good one big giant Humpty Dumpty on a very giant uh, fence of rock will roll off and smash to pieces whereas the the ego of the enlightening being is big but not fragile very big why? it's hollow there's nothing there it's giant. It gets bigger and bigger. Why? Because it's more vast. Just bigger. Vast, 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 vast. Vast territory. The Pratimosha vows provide restraint only for one's own benefit, but bodhisattvas restrain themselves for others' benefit. Okay. So one should protect one should protect moral ethics to benefit and up and to bring happiness to all sentient beings even if it makes a being unhappy but it leads to their happiness that's compassion it may be happy it may be sad hmm? only the image in the mirror is happy and sad but it doesn't have any basis Number two, Uncommon Moral Restraint. Shantidewa following the Essence of Space Sutra. Isn't that a lovely title? Essence of Space Sutra. Says there are five root downfalls of the king, five root downfalls of ministers, and eight root downfalls of his subjects. There are 18 titles, but 14 actual downfalls. That Sutra mentions, quote, A. Stealing the wealth of the triple gem is a root downfall. That makes sense, right? Do I need to explain that? Basically, desecrating, causing harm or desecrating uh, the triple gem, which is so precious. Uh, B, forbidding the precious dharma. The sage has said this is the second root downfall. Interfering with dharma being taught or beings studying dharma. This is bad news. This is bad news. So this would be, uh, oh, maybe inviting a teacher to teach somewhere, and then um, because you're busy, you cancel it, and you don't let anybody know the teaching's happening. That would be considered a major uh, root downfall, extremely unethical behavior uh, of of the worst kind, not just bad manners but a nice way to load up bad karma. Um, preventing someone from coming to teaching? Like wives and husbands? Very common. Wives and husbands that don't want their spouse to um, do their thing. So they phone them in the middle of a retreat and say their you know, child's got a problem, come home, it doesn't. Uh, don't let them go on retreat because uh, who, would, who would cook, who would do the dishes, who would do the laundry, or who would ri- ride the, la- the, the, um, the, the lawnmower on the weekends and never talk to you on the weekends anyways because they're having a beer and riding the rider lawnmower all weekend and then they go in and they watch the football game and they come out and ride the, la- la- the lawnmower and then they'll watch the soccer game all, all evening. So who, who would do that in the house? <laughs>
2: <laughs> the wife? The <laughs> hubby?
0: Yeah. I've seen this a lot, a lot, right? The interfering spouses, not letting their uh, spouse uh, liberate, uh, go and study dharma. It's a root downfall. So interfering with people being able to study. That would even be uh for instance picking up one's water cup or dropping one's pen uh, while the teacher is speaking and then everybody goes oh look at the pen that would be that would be interfering with the teaching of dharma interesting eh? like that, that's that's all right that was okay but it would be the person that continuously drops her pen you know can I have kind of pen now? Yeah, it's sort of like this. You know, you're teaching and they, they often just write you're saying something. Now, I, this is a very important... This, you think I'm... This is all, I'm not all telling you stories. I'm telling you actual real-life events from the reality... Uh, or, the, or the, you know, the sucky bottles? I call them sucky bottles. Like, they're like basically breasts. Those, those bottles with nipples on them, they pop them up, and they go... And while you're teaching... Anybody's going. The person's a completely oblivious to it, as if they're in some sports. Uh, they're they're doing a triathlon uh, event, and they're going. but every five minutes, not every five minutes, every fifteen minutes. Yeah, every fifteen minutes, because they're so full of anxiety. Yeah? And they always, you know, i just that they pop off the nipple, right. It's socially acceptable. It's socially acceptable. <laughs> or people, people in a dharma class. I know this is this is not culturally. Uh, I'm I'm crossing cultural borders here, but I would not ever allow it. People having all kinds of tea and cu- you know cups in their in the in the dharma class, and you know everyone <laughs> and going off and going pee and coming back and <laughs> oh, excuse me, oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Don't 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 mind me. I'm just a big monster uh, interfering with the study of dharma don't mind me don't mind me I'll come late I'll come late every class that's fine I always come 20 minutes late every single class to uh, interfere with being studying Dharma these kinds of things you know. so. or the ones that um, yeah I'll, I'll come and uh, I'll come up for uh, you know the weekend to help set up the, uh, the uh, retreat facilities and this sort of thing and oh some, gee whiz I've got to go to the supper Got to go to the supper. Something came up, you know, more important. I got to go to supper or something. Like that. Oh, not ready for the retreat. Oh, sorry. So, so uh, this is subtle, you know. This is this is considered a root downfall. If you're going to promise to support Dharma, you support Dharma. Yeah? Do not never interfere with beings um, being able to study, or the teacher being able to deliver. Yes. It feels a little different in the case of spouses if they're not appreciating the value of trauma, so they don't know. That. It's still a downfall as far as I'm concerned. Because you're preventing the being from awakening. You're preventing the being from growth as lots of couples are capable of doing. Even ones that are in the teaching do it to each other. Not all the time. Not all time. But they do, don't they? It has a serious violation of precepts. I'll continue. I think I've said enough on that. <laughs> C. Seizing the robes. Beating or imprisoning a monk who has renounced his vows or causing a monk to renounce his vows. That's really serious. I don't see that happening here. Really. Okay. Oh, these are very... D. Committing any of the five heinous crimes. Remember that, the heinous crimes? Killing off your mother and father, killing off Arahats, the Buddha, this sort of thing. This is bad, bad news. E. Holding a wrong view. Now, that means holding a wrong view doesn't mean any wrong view. Um, I think the Higgs boson is really a lepton. I don't think it's a boson. I think it's a lepton. No, that doesn't really mean that. They're not getting it. Do you want to sing them another um, Higgs uh, Higgs uh, ditty? Sure. There once was a boson named Higgs.
2: <laughs> he's speechless. His belt is
0: heavy as a ton of bricks. His shrinks said quite rightly. You must learn to take life lightly. And now he's a mess of morassness. Something like that. <laughs> Pretty, pretty, pretty close, pretty close, pretty close. Congratulations, yes. So that, they don't really mean that kind of uh, wrong view. Uh, what, they, what they do mean is holding uh, views about uh, liberation, holding views about reality that are um, wonky, that, that throw people off and throw oneself off. Just wrong view, really wrong view. Um, these people are bad people. This uh, school of dharma is a wrong school uh, this uh, group um, uh, this, this this kind of thing really really uh, wrong wrong view wrong view wrong view doesn 't mean critical that 's fine but but um, uh, holding um, ideas they're that they that 're right off. I mentioned one this morning, for instance. Uh, spiritual group um, uh, that uh, some people consider to be um, liberative but are um, um, uphold as a holy thing taking drugs. The two don't go together. Just don't go together because you've got a befuddled mind. It doesn't matter how good you are, you've got a befuddled mind. So, so making um, a substance at the root of liberation or at the at the base, or making it part of the religion, uh, uh, to me is not libera- you're not liberated. If it acts as a vehicle for liberation, maybe. Do you, do you see I me? Mean? So, this is also also what they call heretical views about reality and so on. Yeah. Yes.
2: I'm just wondering your thoughts about that, like in regard to traditions of um, indigenous peoples, like Peyote or Ayahuasca, for those particular people and their culture, not. Western
0: um, yeah, so that's where I stop because if it's in their traditional culture, uh, and it, it doesn't matter what it is, if it if it's in their traditional culture and it actually leads to liberation, and there is a described path to liberation, it's clear, no problem, but don't always call it liberate, don't call it dharma. This is it gets mixed up around too much, dharma, 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 dharma. dharma, dharma. It's all dharma, you know. Just because it's religion, uh, just because it's a spiritual path doesn't mean it's dharma. I'm quite strong on that one. That one you have to sort out in your mind. And it gets really messy because everybody wants everybody to be the same. So we, we, all, have, we all have dharma. You know, We call it um, aboriginal dharma. We call it uh, Hindu dharma. You know, all this is, maybe. So I always leave the door open. That depends on the being's mind to some degree too. But don't necessarily believe it is. Nor is a Buddhist practicing dharma. Do you see? Just because they call themselves a Buddhist, it doesn't actually mean that they're actually practicing Buddha Dharma. Or that the country's Buddhist. Or that the congregation's Buddhist. Because they may not actually be following the Four Noble Truths. They may be lighting incense. They might be lighting candles. They may be doing all kinds of things that look Buddhist. But they're actually maybe, and doing lots of mantras. As Dalai Lama said recently, right? Doing lots of mantras. They're not actually Buddhist. They're not actually practicing the Four Noble Truths, and they're not actually contemplating uh, on shunyata, emptiness. Therefore, it doesn't constitute Buddha Dharma. Isn't that interesting? So, that, that takes care of Buddhism now, let alone other, other groups. So, it's not that what they're doing is bad, just be careful not to mix it up with Buddha Dharma, or mix it up with Dharma. Dharma is the Four Noble Truths in however it's expressed and if you study it, I have to get tough on this one because I'm now sitting on this uh, seat, is if it involves the distortion of the mind through drugs as a vehicle, then it's not liberation. If it's occasionally taking drugs, and it could be under guidance to open the mind to see things that one has never seen before, as a vehicle for the clear light nature of the mind without any support. Yeah, it's possible. Do I know that personally? No. But it's possible. I open the door to that. Very possible. And some teachers, some Dharma teachers, have experimented that way to help their students. Even a really good shot of rum or scotch to let them, lo- or beer to let them loosen up because they're so bloody tight. Or coffee. Sufi masters, uh, traditionally for a long time, uh, served coffee. The master would make coffee and serve coffee to the uh, uh, disciples before they would dance and meditate. Sure. Tea ceremony. Destroying cities and towns. Does it have to be in here? It's amazing, eh? Destroying cities and towns. Who's that for? Kings. I'm a Buddhist. Um, would you just wipe out that town of all those towns, people, please? They're interfering with our canal building project, or they're protesting that we're taxing them more. Just, go cool, kill them all. You don't think that happens? It does. did. Kill them. We don't like them. Oh, they're from a different tribe. It's in here. Why? Because the even though they're a king or a minister, they're a Buddhist, and they go and pray, and they have a teacher. Guess what they do? They say they're henchmen. Take them out. So it has to be in here. It's a root downfall. G, expressing emptiness to beings who are not fully trained. Goes on all the time. Teaching emptiness to beings who are not actually ready to receive it is considered a root downfall. And it it actually causes um, spiritual uh, uh, barriers and can cause problems for the teacher that's doing that as well as for the student. They're not ready. So, what
2: do you mean precisely? Precisely?
0: Teaching, teaching uh, teachings of emptiness, shunyata. Uh, in comparison to the four noble truths, the deep, deep teachings of emptiness on the nature of illusion, the nature of of, of, um, of suchness, to beings that don't have minds trained, causes confusion, can cause can cause confusion, uh, can cause negativity, can cause delusion, in beings such as. Um, I can do whatever I want because it's all empty now. Oh. I don't need to do I don't we don't need to put soap in the water, the dishwater because uh, if you get sick, well that's just your mind. Uh, who needs to be who needs to be aware of the possibility of hepatitis C when uh, I'm so liberated? And it's just a mental thing anyways, right? or Hepatitis B don't really need to be too concerned about that and if I put my feet up on your table while having supper or you know maybe after supper relaxation on your dining room table or your (laughs) coffee table don't mind the fact that it's just over the (laughs) coffee cup minds, eh? Because not many people are very still, right? They're not still, so they're, at the same time they're talking and relaxing. They're trying to get all the bacteria and the dirt off their feet
2: on your place where you're eating, like flippers on a seal.
0: Thus I have seen even in my own household.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I got it? Yep. <laughs> okay. You'll never forget it, will you? No, no you'll never forget it.
2: It's
0: all one, man. <laughs> I I just broke your leg. It's just, don't worry it's one, man. It's just your mind. You know, it's supposed to heal. No, this is this so so I remember many years ago. Uh, in a book or a tape, I can't remember what it was, is the Dalai Lama was, was quite strong many, many years ago, saying very concerned about the teaching of shunyata, teaching of emptiness, uh, to many, many beings who are not trained and the harm it's going to cause. And uh, has it? Yes. And has it been very, very useful? Yes. Because the Western mind has a level of education that can quickly grasp the intellectual subtleties. Of the nature of Shunita. but it's often misunderstood, um, so it can cause real problems. You see this a lot around Dharma circles. Everything's okay. Doesn't matter what I do. Really bad behavior, under the guise of it doesn't really matter in the end. It's all, it's all one. It's all mine anyway. Thank you for asking that. That was a lot of fun. H, causing those who have entered the path towards Buddhahood to renounce complete enlightenment. Working on someone just the hour before they're fully enlightened. Come. Come to the dark side, Luke. Luke, come to the dark side. No, I won't. I'm going to be coming late in one hour. Come to Dark Side. <laughs> so, uh,
2: <laughs>
0: no, this is very serious. Yeah? Beings who've entered the path to liberation and instilling in their mind uh, some weird wonky views or, or pulling them out and away into something that just takes them away from there their, their uh, potential awakeness this is uh, a root downfall uh, causing causing someone to give up a prati moksha vow by connecting to the Mahayana vehicle uh, this is really um, uh, uh, damage to those that are in the in the Hinayana path and um, disrupting their Pratimoksha moksha vows not, not a good idea no not a good idea Let's see another translation for that. Yeah, having forsaken the Pratimoksha to direct someone to the Mahayana. So, uh, someone who has... This is another interpretation of this. Someone who... Uh, um, instigating the dropping of Pratimoksha vows and then they enter the Mahayana is no good. There's no good. They must have the Pratimoksha to enter the Mahayana. But you see then the, trans, the, the transmission then, or the teaching, is uh, enter the Mahayana with the Pratimoksha, but it, tr- it changes, as you've taken the prati-moksha, uh, the precepts, is for all beings. You see that? Must be must be changed. This is another way of saying, do not, and I've actually given teachings on this recently to some people, I think also to you, but to some people personally, be careful about uh, the ten-year-old. Do you know, remember the ten-year-old story? Yeah, about the ten-year-old? Uh, can be adults who are interested in Dharma supposedly, but actually they're interested in themselves not even actually interested, they're interested in meditation commercial meditation commercial meditation? they're interested in meditation they're not interested actually in liberation uh, big liberation big, big, big mind liberation for all beings but they're really interested in just being a little happier Makes sense? That's, that's what this is about. Not 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 encouraging them to enter uh, the the Mahayana. Jay uh, holding the belief oneself that train, that the training path will not dispel the afflicting emotions of desire and so forth, and influencing others to go this way. Pretty obvious. Training doesn't matter. Doesn't matter the training. Just let's go eat caviar, day after day. You know, or let's go. Let's go do this. Doesn't matter the training. It's drawing people away from studying and training. Finish, finish with these. You don't need to go for a while. Yes. Okay. Okay. Expressing one's good qualities in order to get wealth, honor, and praise, and to abuse others this is really, really heavy-duty stuff. Yes. To um, I'm excellent, I have excellent qualities, gather uh, wealth, gather praise, gather belongings, this sort of thing, and then pushing down others. So that would be like, uh, give me an example, that would be like another teacher, Dharma teacher, somewhere, somewhere up the island, the middle of the island, another one up the island, and saying, well, I'm actually much more enlightened than they are, and uh, you know they're really no good, in fact, and uh, I have tremendous qualities especially if you follow all my rules. Uh, so therefore, I will gather more wealth and more fame for myself and uh, put down this, this, this sort of thing, den- denigrating others. Uh, L. wrongly ex- expressing that, quote, I have the patience of the profound um, teaching. This is, this is fall- making false claims. I believe that's correct, yes. False claims of emptiness. This is, I, w- I would, I would uh, if I may, alter the translation of, of that. Yes, the, the, the classic way is to speak uh, such falsehood as deep is my patience and realization. That is to uh, uh, um, invoke um, realization where there isn't any or invoke uh, experience and qualities when there is none. Um, in certain traditions, you, you will never publicly invoke or say that you have spiritual qualities at all, even if you do. The way Namjan Rinpoche taught, as a Westerner, he's very clear about this, was if you have qualities and they are stable, and they're for real, then it, for the Western mind, he didn't quite point this out, but he did, and he, he did, many times. But he didn't quite fill it all out. But um, if you have qualities that are very, very good qualities, including meditation or understanding, so on, or compassion, it's, it can help uh, sometimes, out of compassion, to actually state it for a Western mind. Whereas other traditions, no way do you ever do that. No, no way. That would be seen as utterly um, uh, ego-clinging and and grandstanding. But actually for some, uh, they actually need to um, maybe be told or be shown that those qualities are there. So Rinpoche was not afraid, as he said, I'm not afraid to show my liberation. I'm not afraid to declare the Enlightenment. Very rare, very unusual. I'm not afraid to to say this mind is a free mind, and challenge people to it. Come on, come on, because they're trying to bring them down. Okay, students do that sometimes. Not not all, but students will challenge the teacher. Come on, come on. Let's see, let's see, let's see. So his his method. Okay, fine. I am. So now let's. Where do you stand? Very much about uh, psychological um, recovery and uh, psychological, uh, the sy- but peculiar psychological conditioning of the Western mind. Maybe even the Eastern mind, too, now.
2: Psychological
0: uh, recovery? Recovering um, material that is wonky. Or not wonky, recovering good states that are bent. So for a Western mind, they often need. To encounter or be told uh, how things should be, or how things are, as opposed to a other cultural way of saying no, 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 this don't have this or whatever like that. So, for instance, a way that Namgyal Rinpoche would express is, uh, I I do have these goods. I do have these teachings. If you want them, well, ask for them. Something like this, as opposed to no, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't have it. Don't have it. For the Western mind, oh, that's right. You don't have it. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> For the Western mind, uh, it's very important sometimes to go, oh, okay, the person's got it. And then, and then this is a joke, because this is being recorded. Then you charge a lot of money. <laughs> because uh, money, the more money, the higher the value. That's a joke. But it's, it's true in the society. Yes? So remember, the, the particular conditioning of the Western mind, it's mind's. And greed, hatred, delusion, pride, and jealousy is rampant in all cultures. Yes? No, nobody's got a, a um, what's the word? Monopoly. A monopoly on freedom from greed, hatred, delusion, delusion, pride, and jealousy, right? That's a very good word, monopoly, thank you. Yeah? But each culture has its own unique and cultural history, large cultural history, has its unique cultural attributes that have required certain ways of behavior. And mannerisms, and the, the West ha- uh, because it's rapid culture change, uh, also has its own unique set of characteristics so, speak. so when it says quote "I have the patience of the profound teaching" means uh, claiming realization when there isn't, or claiming uh, some realization when there isn't." M. Causing a practitioner to be punished, falsely taking, offending, uh, intent, uh, falsely taking an, intent, uh, an offering intended for the three jewels, or accepting bribery. So there's a whole bunch of things in here. Uh, causing a practitioner to be punished, that would be, for instance, uh, snitching on them, and then they get uh, 30 lashes by the Dharma police, no, or, or they go to jail, or they get imprisoned. Something like this, yes? Uh, or uh, snitching on a uh, student so they are falsely accused or falsely brought up. This, this sort of thing. Falsely taking an offering intended for the three jewels. That's, um, uh, by the way, you think that's, that's funny, but there, it happens People steal uh, in retreat centers occasionally. They steal in monasteries. Uh, they'll steal offerings, um, even right off. You know, the mandala offering sometimes it has money in it. They'll actually take it because they, they need food, steal food offerings. Uh, occasionally, uh, money or uh, riches or w- whatever it is is stolen from teachers. So it happens. Or, or, you know, let's say the Buddha Rupa has a nice uh, emerald in here, the forehead. Why not? Sell it, pawn it. Or scrape off all the gold. Feed families, yeah? For for years. If you go to especially Burma, you know, go to Burma. Thick gold leaf like that, yes? Yeah? Scrape it off, melt it down, feed families for so yes, these things happen. Stealing Buddha Rupas. Uh, buying or selling trading in budarupas or tonkas for for monetary gain. and accepting bribery. Yeah. If, if you give me an extra $20, we'll let you in the retreat. Yeah. Okay, open up a, if you give me an extra $30, we'll clear a bigger tent site for you. If we give you, we give you an extra $60, uh, we'll actually uh, cut down a tree that's going to fall over your uh, tent right? site. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, if you pay me a hundred dollars a month, I'll, I'll wash your dishes for you. <laughs> sorry, I'm sort of. I'm sorry. Bribery, bribery around uh, uh, any kind of dharma activity, <laughs> and disrupting someone in calm abiding meditation. Yes, raising your voice, disturbing their meditation, uh, going near their cabin and uh, deciding it's time to chainsaw some logs while they're in retreat. Oh, don't think this doesn't happen. I think it's a really good time to chainsaw. Uh, let's start it right in the middle of the retreat, or let's go up the okay, You know, the cabin, it needs quitting around the cabin. Let's do that. This kind of thing. Uh, uh, oh, the roof needs maintenance. Uh, oh, you're meditating. Oh, gee, didn't know it. So this, 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 this kind of activity. Uh, taking the provisions of a retreat practice. So, disrupting someone in calm, body meditation also can be what? Gossiping. Uh, giving them notes. Giving them notes that are inappropriate. Uh, disturbing conversation. Inappropriate conversation. Um, a food that's improper food. Food that is is unseasonable, doesn't work. Uh, there's a hundred... There's at least a hundred different ways to disturb people in meditation, and they're all highly creative and often insidious methods of disturbing. So it's considered a root downfall. For calm, abiding meditation, it doesn't say insight, does it? Calm, abiding meditation. A very good insight practitioner, if the trees are coming down around them with a chainsaw, uh, takes that as a wonderful opportunity to increase their uh, meditative practice. But for calm abiding, uh, if you really want to uh, develop it, uh, peaceful peaceful surroundings. And peaceful people. Taking for the provisioners of a retreat practitioner and giving them to someone who says prayers. Woohoo! About that, eh? Basically Stealing. These are the root downfalls which cause you to be born in the great hell realms. Okay, and we'll start with um, Dharma Kirti's uh, tradition. And uh, carry on after that. Okay. So, uh, if you would today. Uh, just re- review uh, these uh, uh, 14 uh, downfalls and then Shanti Dewa's um, comments. And uh, yeah, keep reading on there. And just, it's a way, it's a really good way of tightening up the discriminative awareness about what constitutes good behavior and ethics. And don't beat yourself up if you find something, oh God, I did that once or I, I still do that. You learn, this is how you do it you spot, you learn. You, you grow, and you go, um, wow, I, I have a little way of doing that. I think I'll, I'll, stop, I'll stop doing that. So by reading this, again, this is actually almost good to review every month, in some ways, eh? every year, every month, to bring it in and go, hmm, it's not obvious, but I do do that a little bit. You know? I do do that a little bit. You clean it up. Therefore, it doesn't create waves for the benefit of others and oneself. Okay. Good. So uh, I'll see uh, um, some beings for a little bit. If you need anybody, not necessarily. No. Oh, it's good. Nobody's we'll putting their hand up. Do you need to? Do you need to? Is there actually a purpose in seeing in seeing this being? Yeah, yeah. It must be important, you know. Is it is it is it a is it a is it a not just for you for everybody? Is the is the question meaningful and important? And sometimes, see if you can actually. I don't mind interviews. I don't mind having a dialogue. It's great, but sometimes see if you can actually work it out. Work on it. You, you, you become your, uh, also your teacher. Work it out. Uh, sit with it. Stay with it. Don't, don't, keep, um, don't keep coming to the teacher over, over little things or even over some big things. Say, I'm going to try to resolve this, then check with the teacher. Don't you know? resolve it. Let's see if I can then ask, how did I, was this about, this is a good, a good way of doing it. A lot of the reason why I, I open, open the door to um, interviews and being able to talk to me is also to train people for the, hopefully, the eventual time where you may have to guide people in meditation and guide people in retreats or guide people in their spiritual work. And one of the ways to do that is to learn uh, uh, communication, how to communicate, very, very important. But also, also develop, learn, to develop uh, self confidence in being able to take on your difficulties more and more and more, or or issues or, or questions and problems, and try to actually go. I'll sit with that for a few days and see if, if it's possible. Uh, up up top at the Namjozong uh, tonight. By this uh, glorious teaching of uh, the jewel ornament of liberation, may it lead to countless blessings and countless beings being relieved of suffering, the root of suffering. Idante punikamang tu. Idante punikamang tu. Idante punikamang tu. Sabe May all beings be well and happy. May all beings be established in a continuity of freedom, emerging into full Buddhahood, union of compassion and wisdom for all beings with great blessings. Sarvamangalam, 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 Sarvamangalam.